Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm really glad you've joined us. It's nice to be back in the studio after my day away yesterday. I did miss all of you, and that's sort of the good news, right? If I'm not here, I really feel it. Uh, I miss this hour that we spend together each day talking about things that really matter to us. So let's start here. Michigan State's men's basketball team makes its 10th Final Four appearance tomorrow and its eighth under coach Tom Izzo. This is not just the biggest sports news right now in our state. It's a cultural phenomenon that has people of all rooting interests, well, maybe most rooting interests at least, pulling for the Spartans. What does this mean for Izzo's legacy? And what does it mean for MSU, a university that is still really dogged by its awful handling of a recent sexual abuse scandal? That's where we start the conversation today, the anticipation of the final four games in Minneapolis. And joining us from Minneapolis is John Neo. He's a sports columnist with the Detroit News. He is covering the final four for his newspaper. John, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Yeah, so give us a quick snapshot of the atmosphere there in Minneapolis. Are there lots of Spartan fans starting to pile I into think, the city? Yeah, I, there, you couldn't tell yesterday, but I would imagine by tonight we'll see lots of green and white roaming the streets of, of Minneapolis. It, it's an odd Final Four just in the sense that, you know, Michigan State's the, I guess, lone blue blood, if you will, uh, program, you know, that's been here and done that uh, many times. Mm-hmm. That's here at the Final Four. we got two teams that programs that have never been here before in Texas Tech and Auburn and then Virginia fans, you know, I still still cringing from last year's tournament <laughs> exit and, and uh but that's the program I've, they haven't been to the final four since nineteen eighty four. So I would imagine the the fans there will be some fans certainly from all those schools, but I, I, Michigan State would have the I think probably the advantage in numbers just by proximity, if nothing else. Yeah, and you talk about the sort of blue blood status that MSU has mm-hmm. here. What does that give them in terms of advantage. Let's talk about the game against Texas Tech, a team that beat the University of Michigan, among others, on its way to the Final Four. It's a surprising team. It's a team that I feel like no one was talking about three mm-hmm. weeks ago, and here they are in the last uh, two rounds. No one including themselves in, in some respects. I mean, they obviously they were a team that had a great record last year and then flamed out quickly in the tournament. Uh, on their in their home city, really. Uh, and, but yet this year, when they started, they actually, ironically, they they played their very first game sort of behind closed doors. They played a scrimmage, uh, and they met Gonzaga halfway between Spokane and Detroit in Minneapolis to play a scrimmage, just because those are allowed under NCAA rules. And and everybody who was there walked out of there saying, "Man, we're." We should be good, but we're not. We're, we don't look very good right now. And now here they are, five, you know, six months later, uh, at the Final Four. They they had so many injuries in the season, and at times in January, you thought, boy, this team is just not their year. And yet, you know, I think sometimes less is more. And in the in the sort of two months since, they've gotten on a roll and sort of found a new way to play on offense. And and now here they are. Um, Really, as the team to beat, I would. I think if you polled national experts and analysts, they they would probably pick Michigan State or Virginia as the teams to beat here. So, yeah, I don't know the the experience. It's kind of funny because you, we call them a you know a blue blood, and Tom Izzo certainly has been here, as you mentioned, eight. This is the eighth Final Four. But other than his coaching staff and Kenny Goins, who's a fifth year senior who wasn't really a player on the floor, they're the only ones who have been to a Final Four before, so they can tell everybody. 
how to handle the tickets and the family and those kind of things. But beyond that, it's, it's a new experience for everybody. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk about this Spartan team, which is led by a young man, man named uh, Cassius Go Winston. Ahead, yeah. <laughs> He's a graduate of a school I know a little bit about, University Indeed. of Detroit Jesuit High School here in the city of Detroit. Uh, I, I, I that That for me has made this – a really special tournament, even though yeah. I'm not a fan of Michigan State per se. I am a big fan of Cassius Winston. Um, it's been really great to watch how much he's grown as a player in the mm-hmm. last couple of years, but also in the last couple of weeks. And I feel like going into the Final Four, that's really what you need is that one guy on your team who is determined no matter what else happens to make sure that uh, that you have enough points to keep going, uh, and that seems the, the, that's like the headspace he's in right now. Yeah, absolutely, and and you're right. It's if you you can go back through year after year, probably other than maybe a Kentucky team here or there, um, they do you do have to not have to, but the teams that have won have had a lead guard that sort of does what Cassius Winston is doing, and and, and in his case, with those injuries mentioned, they lose Josh Lankford, who's you know, their second best player probably to a, a foot injury, foot surgery earlier in the year. And then Nick Ward, another guy who, you know, had been a focal point, I guess, of the offense, goes down with a broken hand. And it just sort of forced the coaching staff to, to adapt. And really, they put the ball in Cassius Winston's hands, play after play, running a ball screen heavy offense that really suits his game even better than what they were doing before. And now it's really, hey, go find a way to make you know, go find a way to make it happen. And that's what they do time after time after time down the court. And, and like you said, he's on a roll. I mean, he just played 40 minutes and sort of ran a four NBA lottery picks or whatever <laughs> Duke has off the court last week in Washington, D.C. And, and even after the game, and Mike Krzyzewski had talked him up before the game and after the game, he said, you know, look, he's the best player we've played all year. And that's that's high praise. And it, 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 you know, we've seen him grow over three years at Michigan State. But really, like you said, in the last two months, we've seen him grow by leaps and bounds just in terms of what he's doing on the floor. Yeah. Uh, You and I, of course, are both graduates of the other big public state university in this uh, (laughs) state, uh, the University of Michigan. And, you know, we've been talking in the newsroom here all week about how we handle that, right? Uh, <laughs> that do you, as a Wolverine fan, do we root for Michigan State because they're doing so well in the tournament, uh, and vice versa, right? Uh, last year, the shoe was on the other foot. Michigan was in the Final Four and got to the final game. I don't remember a lot of Spartan fans standing up, uh, wearing their their maize and blue, and and cheering us on. That's a weird dynamic in this in this state. I feel like uh, other states have it too. But here it does take on uh, a real, a real kind of uh, character of its own. I guess that that rivalry, when it's not a direct rivalry, but when the rival that you have is doing something that that's great for them. It, it's really, and it's what it speaks to is the uniqueness of the situation now with both programs at the level they're at at the same time right now. I mean, there have been certainly both programs have had success in the past, you know, but it was usually one at a time. I mean, if Michigan was up, Michigan State was down. And then when Tom Izzo sort of rose to prominence, it was Michigan was down after NCAA violations and things like that. So to have them both at the same level now here in this stretch and 
especially this spring, we saw it, or winter, if we saw it, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, both top 10 teams meeting three times in the span of three weeks on the floor. And uh, and now two back-to-back seasons with a team in the Final Four, one each. Um, yeah, I mean, Duke, North Carolina has always been the standard in terms of a rivalry in the Big Ten or mm-hmm. in college basketball. But, you know, even looking ahead to next year, I don't think this is going to change where Michigan, Michigan State, depending on what happens with guys in the NBA, both should be programs that are on top again next year. And so it, it, I think it's, I think it's neat for both programs. And I think it's good for, for basketball in the state of Michigan that you have two programs at, at this elite level right now. My guest is John Neo. He's a sports columnist with the Detroit news. He is joining us from Minneapolis where he is preparing to cover the final four Michigan state university. Our own Michigan state university is one of the four teams that is playing. They will play Texas tech tomorrow. And if they win, they will face the winner of Virginia and Auburn. Uh, Give us a call. If you want to join the conversation, are you a Spartan basketball fan? If so, how do you think this compete, this team compares to teams of the past? Are you really excited about the prospects that you face in Minneapolis there this weekend? Uh, We also want to hear from U of M fans. Are you rooting for the Spartans? Tell us why or tell us why not. Tell us how you manage this sort of uh, dual uh, uh, excellence that we have in college basketball right now between the University of Michigan and Michigan State University. Should we be supporting each other or should we stick to the idea of being rivals and hope that uh, the other team always falls flat on its face? Uh, also, do you think MSU fans would be rooting for Michigan if this was the situation this year, that we were in the Final Four the way it we were last year. Uh, again, is that the way we ought to be handling this rivalry? Uh, as always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, but, uh, and we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, John, I, I want to ask you about the, the narrative here of state getting this far in the basketball tournament in the same sort of time span that they've had such a hard time with the backlash to the Larry Nassar scandal. Uh, That often happens, right, at schools where where something good is happening at the same time they're struggling with something difficult. What are uh, Spartan officials, what are are any of the, the people involved with this weekend referencing what what happened before is this just a nice distraction from all of that i think i i I would say there's um there's enough of a time gap between really the trial and 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 all of that from last winter to now that it it doesn't there's not maybe the direct correlation you know whether it's media or otherwise um and i would say the national media hasn't seized on that as a narrative here and i think michigan state officials and certainly Tom Izzo and his coaches and, and players, I think appreciate that because I think everybody realizes that it trivializes, you know, the Nassar scandal and everything that went along with that by sort of framing it in, well, at least they're rallying around the basketball team, any sort of narrative like that. So I think that's been uh, to this point in my experience been avoided. And I think thankfully so on, on, probably everybody's part. Um, but look, as a university, certainly Michigan State could use some good news and some positive, um, you know, image 
uh, polishing and, and a, a Final Four run certainly doesn't help. It doesn't hurt the university in that regard and, and putting a different face on the university than what's been on, you know, everyone else's minds nationally for the last however long. So I, I do think there's a benefit for the university to have something like this going on. And then really, this is a team, I think, you know, that people can get behind. It, it's, it's you know, whether it's Cassius Winston or, or whatever, it's it's a team that I think people have embraced in part because they are a really tight-knit group that um, it's the kind of team you want to root for. So I think Michigan State fans in particular have really sort of grown uh, in their affection for this group this year, especially with what they've gone through. And again, not to trivialize what the university has gone through, but um, this team has faced adversity, in quotes, and, and really come through it. So, But yeah, I don't, that narrative has not taken hold here in Minneapolis, and I don't expect it will. Um, and that's probably a good thing, frankly, from my perspective. Yeah. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Vince in Hamtramck. Vince, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, guys. Thanks for the awesome conversation. Um, sure. Yeah, so I'm, I went to Michigan State. I'm a huge Spartan basketball fan. Uh, my partner actually is a huge Michigan fan, and we now have a nine-month-old baby. And so there's a little bit of, like, you know, she dresses him in Michigan State clothes for the, for the Michigan, for the, you know, the back and forth between, and it's, it's, it's gotten really cute. Um, but to be honest, we've been able to enjoy really great basketball uh, all year long uh, with both of these teams. And, and I'll tell you what, last year when Jordan Poole hit the – game-winning shot against Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a Spartan fan, I was sold on this Michigan crew. I think Beeline, <laughs> I respect him a lot as a coach, um, and it's just really great for, like you're, you know, your guest is saying, for the state of Michigan and for Big Ten basketball to have two teams that are going to be consistently in the top ten, and I think people need to get over it. They need, a, they need to just, you know, Michigan State fans need to be like Michigan. It's a great program, and it makes everyone better. Yeah. Uh, Vince, that's that's a great uh, that's a great story uh, about your split household. I didn't even ask <laughs> about that, right? People who live with people who are affiliated with the other school. Uh, but that's Vince, a great yeah, spirit there. Vince, Vince's partner might have to go for a long walk uh, Monday night <laughs> with the nine-month-old. I think maybe <laughs> the right. solution. That's right. <laughs> Vince, thanks for the call. Let's go to Lisa in Rochester Hills. Lisa, what's on your mind? Great show. Um, I've always been a U of M fan, football, basketball especially, too. My husband's from University of Illinois, so it's always a tussle on who we need to root for. And <laughs> I say if, it, if it's, if it's uh, Michigan, go for it. And if it's any Michigan team, so you vote, so you root for the Spartans. You root for the you do you will root for the Spartans. I will, I will for sure because yeah. it's a it's a team in Michigan. You know, <laughs> they're both great schools. Yeah, I you know I wish I could always be in that <laughs> space, Lisa. But uh, there are times when it's when it's difficult. But uh, I, I absolutely will be cheering for the Spartans this weekend, and and I try to be I try to be a big person about this all the time. But uh, I'm glad you have managed to do that. All right, John Neo, sports columnist with the Detroit News. As always, thanks for joining us here on Detroit Today. 
Thank you, Stephen. Appreciate have, it. Have fun this weekend. All right. We'll see you. Up next, we're going to talk with former MSU basketball player Chris Hill and get a player's perspective on what it's like going to the Final Four. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today, and you can take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for tuning in. We are talking about the Michigan State's men's basketball team as it prepares to make its 10th Final Four appearance tomorrow. It's eighth under coach Tom Izzo, and we are joined now by Chris Hill. He's a former MSU basketball player. He was a member of the 2005 team that beat Duke in the Sweet 16 and went to the Final Four uh, leading up to MSU's game last weekend against Duke, Hill wrote an article for the Free Press about the mental preparation that went into defeating Duke in 2005. And until last weekend, that 2005 team was the only one from MSU to beat Duke under Tom Izzo. Chris Hill, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, good morning. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on your show. I'm, I'm a big fan. Oh, great. That's wonderful. That's really that's really nice of you to say. Uh, as a former player, Talk about what goes through your mind before the start of a big game like this. Like, what is Tom Izzo working with Cassius Winston and the other players on in terms of staying focused? Yeah, I mean, obviously, definitely focus is, is a huge, huge key. Um, and fortunately, you know, being a, pro, a part of a program like Michigan State, uh, you know, we have had a lot of experiences in playing in big games and in big moments. And um, there's kind of a method to coach's madness in terms of, you know, going all the way back to even before me, but especially while um, I was playing in the early 2000s, um, he was really focused on our, you know, our non-conference schedule of scheduling the Dukes and Kentuckys and Kansases, um, you know, all, just to, 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 you know, get us ready and make sure that you know, we do have a lot of experience playing in those big game moments in the spotlight. So, you know, that when the tournament does come around and you advance um, and that light gets brighter and brighter, um, that it, you know it's not foreign and you're not you know overtaken by um, the the big moments and so I, I think that you know this week especially um, you know that that edge I think you know probably goes to us just because you know especially with the other four teams three three teams rather that are in there this year um, you know we're really the the, fir- the only that you know has the experience of of being there from a coaching you know standpoint. Um, so I think that that goes a long way, but it, it's very difficult. I can tell you, you know, from experience this week, um, you know, when, when you make it to the final four, it's just a completely different animal all the way around. I mean, <laughs> the media coverage is absolutely crazy. Uh, you know, the campus is in a frenzy, you know, it, it is a big, big challenge to, you know, stay focused, um, that, you know, really at the end of the day, you're, you're playing a basketball game, um, that, you know, you, you've done over and over and over again, but it, it's who can stay you know, the most locked in and focused. Yeah. So, so the way Izzo coaches and sometimes the way he addresses players has come up a lot during the tournament. I wonder as a former player, what your reaction is when you see uh, the coach getting in players' faces and yelling at them, uh, did that uh, look familiar to you? Was that something that you can remember when you were there and does it work? 
<laughs> yes, all too familiar. No, I, um, you know, we, we see it, you know, all the time. And as a player, um, we've been in those situations countless times. Um, and, and, you know, it is challenging, you know, sometimes in the moment to maintain, um, you know, just that, you know, positive mindset and, and composure. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, we all understand about Coach Izzo is, is how much he cares about us. Um, you know, as players and, and wanting the best and knowing that he's coming from a good place. And, you know, certainly, he, you know, the, the way he goes about it uh, can be tough sometimes, but, you know, it's just the heat of the moment, the passion, um, you know, and that drive and, and kind of demanding excellence. And, and, you know, that's what we're all, you know, striving for. And, you know, he's had tremendous success, um, you know, developing and coaching, you know, players in our program. Um, and so, like I said, at the end of the day, we know that, you know, where that comes from is a good place. So, you know, kind of the outrage and everything that, that kind of happened, um, you know, I, I understood why, you know, people kind of react that way. But at the, at the same time, um, you know, knowing it from the other side, you know, you know, we get where it's coming from. And, and you notice, you know, Aaron Henry, who was, you know, the, the player in, involved in the most recent one, mm-hmm. um, you know, he didn't say anything, you know, negative or, um, you know, complain or, or anything like that. And, and he actually um, had his best game of, of his career. Uh, and I think the next game or the LSU game. So, I mean, it, you know, it, it does, it does work in, um, in certain instances. And like I said, overall, you know, he, he cares so much about us that, that that's why, um, you know, that, that can be effective. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this current team. Uh, Cassius Winston, uh, as I said in the previous segment, is a kid from the same high school that I graduated from here in Detroit U of D Jesuit. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. It's really exciting to see how much he's grown in the last couple of years and, and as the tournament has gone on. But when you watch this team, uh, talk about the the comparisons you see to that team that you played on in uh, in 05. Yeah, I, I love this team, and, and I definitely do see um, comparisons. I think first from the standpoint of just um, kind of being a little bit of an underdog and under the radar, and I know that, um, you know, with the way they finished, and they were in top 10 most of the year, um, and Big Ten champs and, and Big Ten tournament champs getting a two-seed. I mean, it's, it's hard to say it's under the radar, but when you look back at kind of, especially from expectations of how last year ended, you know, what this year kind of looked like, um, losing a key player like Josh Lankford early, um, you know, I don't think most of the country at least took this team as a serious, um, you know, title contender after those things happened. But, you know, to see the team rally around, um, you know, Cassius and have just guys step up, you know, Kenny Goins and Matt McQuaid and, you know, really everybody, I mean, Xavier Tillman, these guys, you know, I, I love the, the resiliency and, and the, the way this team is just kind of banded together. Um, and that's that's kind of the most similarity I see to my 2005 team, and that the same thing, um, you know, the you know expectations for for where we were going to get that year, um, you know, as the year went on, kind of kind of faded from a lot of people's minds. But you know, we really stuck together, kind of rallied around, and, and used that kind of um, outside noise to kind of fuel us and, and stay together and continue to believe in each other. And I think that you know that's what this team has done. Um, but you know. Cassius is just playing at an absolutely incredible level, and um, you know he's going to go. We're going to go as far as he, he takes us. Mm. So, so uh, since you were at MSU and playing on that uh, that team in '05, uh, you've done a lot of things. I mean, you played 
professional basketball in Europe until uh, 2014, and now you're living here in Metro Detroit and working for the mortgage company United Shore. I, I wonder if that experience, though, in the tournament that year, beating Duke, getting to the Final Four, uh, is, is still the thing that stands out most for you. Is it is it the thing that that uh, that you'll remember the most, uh, no matter what else you do? Um, I, it's certainly up there. I mean, it, it went such a long way. Um, you know, I, I often think back to that 2005 year um, in making that run in the tournament, beating Duke and getting to a Final Four, um, because it really kind of solidified um, our legacy. And when I mean our, I'm speaking of you know myself and um, that three or four other um, you know classmates mm-hmm. in my same year that we went through you know, all four years together. Alan Anderson, Kelvin Torbert. Um, Tim Bogracus, and and you know that if had we not done that, we would have you know been the first class that didn't make a Final Four under Izzo in a four-year period. Mm. Um, you know, and just kind of the expectations, and I think overall it had been you know our legacy and you know mine would have been looked at a little bit differently, um, and that would have been you know probably challenging, I, I think. But you know the fact that we were able to to complete that and accomplish something really great and something that you know other teams hadn't done before. Um, you know, I think really, like I said, kind of solidified the legacy that you know, we you know we were successful and we did accomplish a lot, and um, you know that you know the feeling of going back now on, on campus and like as you mentioned, um, I was in Europe, so I didn't get a lot of opportunities to do that. But now being back in Metro Detroit for the last several years, um, I'm able to get back, you know, quite a bit more and follow mm-hmm. the team, be more closely connected to, you know, the program and just you know the, the amount of pride and love and um, loyalty that it's felt, you know. No, I feel when I go back is um, is something that's really, really special, and, and a lot of that stems from that 2005 year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things that strikes me also about all of this is that just how young the players really are, and mm-hmm. the fear that that uh, you feel at that age, you know, at the the uh, anxiety that comes with performing and performing on that biggest stage. Uh, it does seem like Izzo's very good at helping players confront that. And I would imagine that that's something that you've carried with you since you were there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, we, we as fans, um, you know, get caught up and kind of lost in the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, these kids playing college basketball or football or whatever it is, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, it's a little bit crazy when you think about how um, obsessed and, you know, up and down, you know, uh, upset or excited people get you know over it um because at the end of the day you know it's just kids yeah. but um you know at that at that same token i don't think um i never really thought of it as fear i don't think that you know you know players um you know they're playing really really think of it more as fear but certainly the, the anxiety um anxiousness you know you know not wanting to you know to disappoint or fail you know you know you know how many people uh you know kind of it's so important to um, and not wanting to let down your team and your university and your coaches and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely um, battled, you know, with anxiety. I don't, you know, it was well known when I played. I don't know <laughs> that people really remember now, but um, you know, I threw up before every game um, <laughs> just about for my four year career um, and not out of fear, but just, you know, the anxiousness and sure. anxiety 
um, you know, in preparation and just wanting to, to, you know, perform well and at a high level. Um, so I would get that out of the way and then, and then feel great and be able to, <laughs> and then go you know, ball, right? <laughs> go, go play, yeah. so everyone has a different way to deal. <laughs> All right. Chris Hill, former MSU basketball player. Now, uh, Metro Detroiter who works for mortgage, mortgage company, United Shore. Really great to talk to you here on Detroit today. I really appreciate the time. Um, thank, you know, thanks for all you do and, uh, go state this weekend. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Thanks very much for being with us. All right. Up next, we're going to have a conversation with Jeffrey Seller, who is the producer of the smash hit Broadway shows, including Hamilton and Rent. We're going to talk about his career and talk to him about growing up right here in Southeast Michigan. Stay with us on Detroit Today. 